Mary Lyons, the wealth woman. I'm Eric Alexander with Acorn Grove. And I would welcome you to the Big Wealth Podcast. But y'all, we are having a name change. Welcome to the rebrand. We are now going to change our name. So I'm just going to give you a little background before I do the big reveal here. We had a meeting with our compliance department. And I just have to give you the breakdown. So Eric and I both work as financial advisors for a company called Benchmark Income Group, whose right. initials spell, wait for it, big. And our compliance department is concerned that because we give advice at Benchmark Income Group, and we are only doing education on this podcast, but the initials from big are in the big wealth podcast that we now have to change our name to make sure no one is confused about whether we are giving advice or providing education. So our new name is going to be the Wealth and Income Podcast, which if we figure out what the word spells this time, it's whip, because we are going to whip your finances into shape. And Eric, I think you have an addition for our audience here too. Yeah, or, or maybe that this podcast is a whip, but your money doesn't have to be. I'm not sure which way we're going on the rebrand on that one, but. <laughs> right. So this is the same team that has been here the whole time, uh, giving you financial education, bringing our hot sports opinions and, and hopefully some facts and education along the way. But right. we are now going to welcome you officially to the Wealth and Income podcast. And hopefully Huzzah. compliance will be satisfied. <laughs> but same bat time, same bat location. And that's the cool part. You don't have to put a new tag anywhere. You don't have to go to a new link. So that's, that's so, the key part. I just have to tell you, Eric, that when I heard that for the first time, I thought you said at the same bad time with the same bad ever. Yeah. I didn't hear bat. <laughs> yeah. So. The same. It's a Batman deal, right? The same bat time, same bat location. Okay. Um, All right. well, we'll, I'm we'll aging myself. It. That's a really old and, cartoon. And I think we may just need to say, uh, Eric and I are a little spicy today. So <laughs> we hope that you're ready, you're ready for this experience. So um, I actually, I'm just going to jump right in here and say yeah, that no, let's go. we had something planned for today's recording and I hijacked us at the last minute. I sent Eric an article that I read on Entrepreneur Magazine just today. And it said, this indulgent retirement trend is popular among young professionals, but financial planners are providing a dose of reality. And kind of the first little key takeaway point in this article is that Gen Z is gravitating towards, I'm going to use air quotes here, guys, soft saving, putting away less money for the future so they can spend more money in the present. And I'm just going to start by telling you, I had a very specific reaction to this article and I sent it to Eric. I sent Eric the article with sort of like a teaser for what my reaction was going to be. Uh, and Eric had totally the opposite reaction from me. I so, had a very different take on it. It was kind of funny, actually. Yeah. So this is going to be our first like on-air brawl. Uh, I think it fits with the whip name change. Uh, we're going to see who can whip the other into shape here. With uh, Yeah. So... Mm. Now you oh, get the unfiltered you. version. I'm not sure what we ate for lunch today, but we are feeling it. So let's just jump right in. So Eric, when you uh, texted me back, when I sent you this article, 
uh, you had, ooh, in all caps, I like this article. And my immediate response to that was the article or my reaction to it. So why don't we, for a minute, why don't you just share what the article actually says in your words, and then I'll share it in mine. Well, and to be fair, we'll put the link for the article in the show notes so that you can read it yourself. And then (laughs) everyone can see for themselves that I'm right. So I'll kind of walk through how I took the article. So the, the key takeaways from the article is Gen Z is gravitating towards, and this is where I got most of my take from the article, a soft saving strategy. And soft saving is in uh, is in air quotes, right? Uh, putting away less money for the future so they can spend more in the present. And the other key takeaway from the article is financial sub- financial planners support spending on these things that make you happy, which is a positive, but finding a balance for long-term, long-term stability. So the, the financial advisors are trying to find a happy medium. As I took the article, the Gen Z's RNA, YOLO, you only live once, let's just burn it all down strategy. And I'm, I'm uh, editorializing there. But the, what they talk about there is a, a soft life or one of the value, values, comfort and well-being above all else is gaining traction among the younger generations and impacting their retirement plans. I'm not going to read all the, all the article, but I wanted to get the next paragraph here. And Generation Z is particularly embracing soft savings, again in quotes, socking away less money for the future to spend more in the present, according to this study that uh, that was out on CNBC. And so when I took that, I took that as we're all just a bunch of soft, like cater to me, soft savings, quiet quitting, all of these trends. I don't want to save any money. You only live once. If I need money later on, somebody else will deal with it. I'm just going to say right here, as as we were kind of going back and forth on this, I was like, Eric, you can't say that on air. We're going to get canceled. Like you can get <laughs> yourself canceled if you want to get canceled, but don't just cancel me with you. It feels like a whip. <laughs> yeah, I can see this is going to happen a lot moving forward. So I'm going to share a little bit about what I heard or read differently, I guess, when I was looking at this. So the very, very first sentence kind of like set me off on this tirade where it says a soft life or one that values comfort above or and well-being above all else is gaining traction among the younger generations and impacting their retirement plans. So I'm going to tell you what I heard. I heard uh, you guys are all soft and you don't know what you're doing and how dare you prioritize life enjoyment while the rest of us are over here working through the slog. And, you know, we made all these sacrifices and put all this money away so that we could actually have a future and you guys are enjoying stuff. You're not putting your time in. Right. So like my response to that was totally different than what Eric read. Which is really funny. Um, Like we are like on opposite sides of what's happening here. And I was like, okay, so really what you're mad about financial advisors who are being quoted in this article is that you're not getting enough of these people's money and like it's actually hurting your paycheck. And so instead you're using scare tactics of y'all are all going to be broke in the future. Don't enjoy your life right now so that people will put more money into their retirement funds instead of acknowledging that our financial system is not making people wealthy right now for the most part. Right. I have to add a caveat there. So like Eric's like, this is a great article. And I'm like, how dare you say that to me? Well, and, and the way I also took it is, and, and it's sort of a little bit further down in the, in the uh, paragraph, and it, there's two 
paragraphs that are really great. Nowadays, young investors are funneling money into the causes that align with their personal views. And to your point, right? Which is a, that's a good thing. I'm not knocking this piece of it. And prioritizing a better quality of life over additional cash and savings accounts. They spend more on hobbies and non-essential than Gen X and boomers did. And so I think part of that is sort of a reaction. Like, And I'll be honest, because I watched my boomer parents do this, right? They never had any fun. They never did anything. We never traveled anywhere. Life was all a grind. And and we're not homeless now. So, you know, I guess that's okay. But but it was all about the future and there was no enjoyment in the present. Yeah. Right. But I think the other end of that is as all societies and cultures tend to do, I feel like maybe we've whipsawed a little bit too much the other way and there's a balance. I see what you did there. It's not just a hat rack, but (laughs) like, I think it like at some point there's a middle ground of like, okay, well, how do we enjoy it now smartly? But I, I totally agree with your point because we've been railing against this for two years now is the industry is flipping broken. And the only message is save, 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 save more, dump it all on the market, hope and pray that it works. Right. And there's not a lot of real deep thinking, nuanced strategy there. And so I think the, the magic in the middle is, okay, yeah, you need to save because I don't want to pay for your lifestyle when you're 60 and I have to bail you out. And that's the cancel part of the story. But the other end of it is the industry needs to do a much better job of educating around income, around strategies to get you further in a more efficient way so that you don't have to live like a pauper for 40 years in order to have five bucks. Yeah. So I think this part of the article, which really talks about balance and and finding that balance. I think that part is good, but the problem is that there is no discussion in this article about what this balance is, right? There's no discussion about what that could possibly look like. So if I start thinking about part of why I got set off by this, it's let's just judge an entire group of people and say you're not doing it right, but then not actually provide any ways that you could make changes and get where you need to go. And so I think I've said this before, probably on air, but certainly off air all the time. I am a have your cake and eat it too kind of girl. Like I, I, I want all the things all the time, right? Just ask Mike, he'll tell you. Um, but when, when I think about what is important to me about this particular article and why I sent it to you, Eric, in the first place, it's that if we get into this mentality of minimizing our life and just socking away cash out of a fear that we are going to have scarcity later or could potentially run into scarcity now, we're going to make very, very different decisions than if we are looking at our life from a place of abundance and making prudent choices. And so what I think is so key is that when I read this, I was like, this is the perfect springboard to launch into a conversation about things that are really missing right now for multiple generations. So what I love about this article, and I'm going to go on three different tangents here, and Eric, you can interrupt me at any point in time, and hopefully I'll remember what the other ones were. But the, the first one is this. Most of the people that I talk to who are millennials or Gen Xers or or even boomers have kind of let go of the dream version of their lives. And what I love yep. about younger generations is that they're still holding on to that. And so the decisions that they're making are probably truer to 
what actually brings them joy and fulfillment, which the article does kind of touch on in a very tangential way. But I think that connection to, hey, the world is my oyster. I can do things that make me happy is really key. And, and I don't mean that in sort of a hedonistic sort of like, let's just blow all the cash and do whatever we want kind of way, but really right. leaning into the things that give us a sense of impact or purpose or connection, those particular things. And right. because what's the point of this life? If you don't have those things in your life, you need to figure out how to find them. So that that's that's tangent one. Tangent two, I think that's really important is that advisors always want you to save more, save more, save more. And then they right. start talking about chasing rate of return or where are you going to get the biggest kind of rate of return? Um, and it's not all advisors, but it is a lot of them. And I think the problem with that is that if you look at how much money you earn during your lifetime, the money that you give away for taxes and then for debt and then for lifestyle is a much larger quantity of money or capital than what you can actually hold on to and save anyways. And right. so it doesn't seem to me like there are very many people in the world, in this space, that are talking about how you can retain earnings on the dollars you're going to spend anyways. And so when I think about the private reserve strategy and some of the things that we teach, it's about, okay, if I'm going to do these things, how can I do them without giving up 100% of the growth on my money? Because if I right. can hold on to even a small amount of growth on a larger amount of capital, then that is going to benefit me moving on. And that is separate from an investment and growth type of strategy. It is an acquisition and purchasing strategy. And so right. to me, focusing on that is a little bit of that, have your cake and eat it too. Maybe we can be more efficient with how you're doing things. And then the third tangent, and then I will shut up and you, you can have your go here for a second. <laughs> but when I think about the third tangent, it speaks to, again, if the only thing that is being focused on is rate of return and there isn't enough conversation about income creation, distribution right. strategies, and how we are going to spend and enjoy our capital when we are ready to, and I'm going to use air quotes, retire which to me just means get to the point in life where there's enough income coming in that you can spend your time doing whatever you want. If we focus on those things, it doesn't take as much money to create more income because we've introduced efficiency into the overall strategy. So that's my tangent because Lord knows I read this article and it clearly set me off. Well, I'm not sure if the article did or if I did because I didn't agree with your take on it. But I think maybe well, a little like, bit of a that one. I do like people to agree with me. You, right. you may have nailed it there. <laughs> like that may be but, the real issue. But I think that, and for me on the tangent side of it, right? I think there's the balance of like life sucks and life is hard. And if you're not, and we, you know, we look at the national savings average, it's in that four to 5% range. And every time I've done the math, even if you're being super, super, super efficient, you need to be saving 15, 20, 25% of what you make at a gross, gross income level to kind of have that life that you want, right? right? And so when I hear about sort of the, the soft savings or some of those other things, there's a part of my brain, and, and that's why I took the article that way of, hey, guys, look, I, I know you're trying to have this great life now, but life is hard and retirement is really hard. And if you have no strategy and you're not saving, you're just storing up for yourself wrath later on at a point where you may not be able to make up 
ground on it, right? Because you, you, we know that the, that compound interest curve is all, all the money you get on the back end is the money you did 20 years ago, 30 years ago. But the other part of it that I think, you know, to, to the point that we've made a lot is that that focus on a strategy, that focus on an income, I think is so under talked about. And so, you know, I, I think a lot of people at some point when they feel like there's no purpose, that they feel like there's no hope, then it's like, well, look, I'm screwed either way. I might as well enjoy it now because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see a path out. And the other, and the, my third, cause I, I didn't plan on going on three tangents, but it just seems like it, it works. But I think the other, I know it's always a balance, right? But I think that other component of it is, and one of the things that I'm fascinated by over the last, I don't know, 15 years, but even more over the last 10 minutes here, is how short our memories are, how incredibly short our memories are, right? We had a conversation with a client the other day, like last week, the other day. And she's like, look, I, I'm not getting any money out of this. I'm going to just go to dump all of my money into my CD because I'm getting 5% in the CD. And we're going to move all of it there. And that's going to be great. And that's my long-term strategy for building volatility buffer and everything else. And we're like, look, you've had 5% rate of return in your CD for like five minutes. Lest we forget the previous 15 years where you had 0% rate of return in mm-hmm. CDs and save money, right? So let's don't switch strategies just yet. And I, when I think about that, that aspect for retirement planning, I'm thinking about, we've never had a generation that was flat on their face broke at a, at a larger generational level during retirement. Mm. Like we've, and, and I'm fearing that it's coming as pensions have gone away, as social security becomes more tenuous and questionable. So I'm, I fear the, if we're not preparing and we're not doing a really, really good job now, some of the safety nets that were there to make retirement look great are falling away. Sure. So um, I think there's a couple of things here. So one, I think that your point earlier about um, making sure that you're saving enough is really key here. And I think that part of what happens is that number of enough, people have no idea what that number actually is. No clue. And, you know, you, you may read a certain number, but you know, that what you kind of threw out was a range. And I think it's important to say that the reason there's a range is that if you get started younger, you don't have to save as much as a percentage of your income versus if you start saving 10 years before you're trying to retire, you have to, you have to save an astronomical percentage of that. And we actually have a previous podcast where we went through that in great and gory detail, just to see the difference between saving at 30 and saving at 50. Um, and so highly recommend that you go back to that just to understand that point. But I think the thing that I read when I read this, and this maybe it is just the way I'm viewing the world right now, is that I don't think we have to make an either or choice. Either I can right. save money or I can find enjoyment in my life. I think that we can do both if we do it in a way that is like to your point earlier, Eric, balanced. And so if we sort of set a threshold and sit down and actually map out with the distribution strategies, what it could look like, then we know if we are saving enough money. And the calculators where you just put in, I'm saving this much money each year, and it's a linear, I'm earning 7%, and then I'm going to spend 4 to 6% of that number in retirement those calculators are so oversimplified that they spit out information that is generally not relevant to anyone because 
first of all, we don't get constant rate of returns throughout growth. There's fluctuations and volatility. And then most of the time, there is no explanation on those calculators about when or why those numbers are safe or dangerous. And so I think really being focused on that idea of, okay, I do have to save something is important, but I don't need to save so much that I don't get to enjoy anything or take a vacation or recharge or, you know, give to my church or the charity of my choice. I mean, these are these are things that are just as important along the way. And I think that if you are preparing from the very beginning and thinking about why am I doing this? The reason that most of us are saving is not so that we can look at our, you know, personal financial statement and be like, heck yeah, I'm a billionaire, right? Like there are people who are saving for those reasons because it is how they are keeping score. But for most of the people that we talk to, it's that they want to be able to maintain a certain standard of living for the duration of their lifetime. And the fastest path to that is through income planning. It is about focusing on income creation from the very, very beginning so that you don't end up with a, you know, high net worth that you can't actually enjoy. And I think that's the real reason that I had such a big response to this article is that it was just like, you need to save more money. You, you kids are being foolish. And I just felt like, you know, like generation says that (laughs) about the generation that comes before them. And some of that is just growing up, but some of it I think is comes from that place of, well, I had it hard, so you can't have it this easy. And, and I, right. you know, again, there is no magic here. Like you, uh, well, maybe somebody has it, but I don't, I cannot create money out of thin air. I wish I could, <laughs> that'd be phenomenal for my life. I have a printing press, that. but I think that's not thin air, but that's probably different. I think that's illegal, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe. So. <laughs> So when you think about what's really happening here, you have to put something away so that you can build. But if you can kind of create that momentum, it begins to build on itself. And it really yeah. should be. I'm going to I'm going to go back to something you guys hear me say all the time. Money is just a tool and it yep. is meant to help you build a life you are excited to live. And so if your money is not being used in a way that is going to create that life today and tomorrow, that to me is the perfect signal that it is time for you to find someone who can help you have all of those things, right? Well, so that, that says to me, go talk to an advisor. Don't right. wait until you're already wealthy. Find an advisor who's going to help you with the idea of income creation because an advisor should be helping you build that wealth, not just manning, managing your portfolio after you've built it. Yeah, and I and I want to throw a bone to the Gen Zs and the millennial, and I don't remember which is which. I know I'm a Gen X, I'm and every other generations are That's all dumb. Me. Hi, but, uh, okay. I'm the problem. Yeah. It's me. Yeah, I mean Gen X clearly the best. Every other generation is just slackers. So oh I, gosh, I, I just kind of lump them all in, right? But no, but I think there's a problem, and, and it dawned on me while you were talking. It's not that it's not that the current generation is smart or lazy necessarily. It's that we have talked to them and educated them and TV'd to them and YouTube them, whatever, in such short little tiny sound bites because I think we're talking down to them. Like you're too dumb to understand this. So let me give you the shortest, smallest sound bite. And I think we are we, the royal we, are doing such a disservice to that generation by by doing that. Not by not talking truth and not talking it 
in-depth strategic nuance levels that are not that hard. It's just, nobody has the courage to say those hard words, right? I'm, I'm, can, I am obsessed with this phrase that all progress starts by telling the truth. And mm -hmm. I think if we are sincere with people and say, look, the way we used to do planning is broken. It doesn't work anymore. Here's what's wrong with it. Here's how it works. Here's how to do it better. And, and where we, we come in and we love it is if you do A, B, and C, and you balance out a system and you have a system and you understand how the system works, you're going to have a phenomenal life and we can help you make that a, that a reality, but it takes time. Like from an advisor standpoint, it takes time to sit and walk through that education when it's so much easier just to spit out a calculator, save X into Y, we're going to get you a Z rate of return and everything's going to be fine. But that's not real life. Like that's not meaningful data for them. Mm -hmm. And we've taken away their ability to make nuanced, important decisions because we don't hold them with enough esteem that they can handle that. And I think that's where the industry has failed them. Right. Well, and I think that the tone to me of that article is exactly what you just described. Right. And that, that, um, so I'm glad you came around to my, uh, my point of view. I'm just going to throw that there because I think what you just said, Eric, is really brilliant. Uh, but, but in all like being totally candid, I think you nailed it with that at a much deeper level. Like what I, what I talked about was symptoms. You, you hit the cause with what you just said. And I think that that sort of um, respect and esteem and truth speaking is the most important thing that can happen. And I think it, I think it speaks to impact, purpose, and connection. Like all three of right. those things, none of those things can actually happen without what you just said. And it, it is to me a, a beautiful call for how can we change our perspective so that we can take what's working and continue to use it, but throw out the things that are not working and give people a path forward. And I think that path includes identifying what your dreams for your life actually are, right. not in the FOMO sense or the Facebook and Instagram kind of, this is what I see my friends doing scorecard, but in right. the true sense of these are the things that matter to me and my family. And then I think giving people a strategy for how they're going to spend their money or acquire the things that they're going to acquire in their life anyways, that allows them to retain some growth on those dollars. And then moving into the income creation strategies and the introductions right. of the efficiencies are so important. And those are three separate things that all have to be done in order for you to end up with a life that is exciting now and in the future. But I think that's, yep. that's uh, to your point, Eric, I mean, what you just said about holding people in high esteem and speaking truth, like absolutely beautiful. I love it. Like, yeah. I'm glad you come around then. I feel like you've come more towards my side maybe. Well, we'll uh, let the audience decide. I actually, I feel like this is a perfect opportunity for you guys to interact with us. If you would uh, like to DM me, and let me know that my opinions are more valuable than Eric's. You can find me at the wealth woman. And I, you know, Eric, I, I yeah, maybe they can find you, but only if, if they want to tell you that they agree with my opinions, where can they find you? At economics with Eric, wherever you social media. 
And I hope you guys know I'm kidding here. I really do. I like, I hope that comes across over, over this. I really, I mean, I, I got to tell you, Eric, like one of my absolute favorite things about these conversations and these dialogues is that I always learn something. And I'm a firm believer that iron sharpens iron. And I love yeah, it. Absolutely, because likewise. And when that happens, sometimes sparks fly, right? Like it gets a little heated when that's happening. And so, um, you know, I think that metaphor works. And I don't know yeah. how you work whipping people into shape into this conversation again, but if you can figure it out, I suggest you go for it. <laughs> Thanks You're for joining awesome, us on the new Thanks. and improved Wealth and Income podcast. We will see you next time. See ya. Specific financial concepts and advanced strategies are presented to you for educational purposes only. We cannot and do not guarantee their applicability to your individual circumstance. We encourage you to seek personalized advice from qualified professionals on all financial matters. Provided content is for overview and is not intended and should not be relied upon as individualized tax, legal, fiduciary, or investment advice. Neither Wealth Woman, Acorn Grove, or the Wealth and Income Podcast, nor their representatives provide tax or legal advice. For answers to specific questions and before making any decision, please consult a qualified attorney or tax advisors. All numeric examples and any individual shown are hypothetical and were used for explanatory purposes only. Actual results may vary. Investing involves risk, which includes potential loss of principal. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Life insurance should be purchased by individuals that have a need to provide a death benefit to protect others with insurable interests in their lives against financial loss. Life insurance is not a retirement plan, investment, or savings account. Not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or any governmental agency. Insurance and investment products, not a deposit, not FDIC or NCUA insured, not insured by any federal government agency, not guaranteed by any bank or credit union, may lose value. Please visit the Wealth Woman website disclosure page for other important disclosures.